Can I get five espresso martinis? Five? What is there, a cocaine shortage? What can I get you? Drunk barbarians welcome to episode 51 of the award-winning podcast behind bars cocktails and wasted nights yes i'm going to milk that so mentally prepare yourselves i'm your host greg i've been working as a bartender for over 20 years and over those years i've seen a lot my goal here is to share some of those high and low lights with you quick warning this podcast contains sex drugs and some language that isn't suitable for anyone under 21 years of age so you gotta have some id For this one, I took a gamble and invited Jess the manager in for an interview. It was a gamble because she's not just Jess the manager, she's Jess my manager. So trust me, I toned down the pregame behavior so as to not reveal how much of a degenerate I truly am in my off time. Actually, not really, TBH. Okay, before we get started, you'll need a drink. For this one, Jess wants you all to fix yourselves up with a Manhattan. I don't know if I've done this one before, but let's plow ahead anyway. First, chill a coupe or martini glass with ice water. Then, in a shaker tin, unless you have a beaker, fill with ice and add your ingredients. Here's a mnemonic device. The area code to Manhattan. 212. Two ounces of rye, or in some cases bourbon. I like High West Boo Rye for balance. Then one ounce of sweet vermouth. Carpano and Tika if you've got it. Then two dashes, preferably long pulls if you're in the middle of the bottle, of Angostura bitters. If you just open the bottle, you'll need six to eight little guys. Stir that sucker about 20 times to chill and dilute. Empty your chilled coupe and strain into the glass. Garnish with three, because two is bad luck, Luxardo cherries. Those nuclear red maraschinos are tacky and gross. And as always, if you don't have any of that shit lying around, I strongly recommend you following your nose down the dusty white trail. And without further ado, here's just the manager. Enjoy! Barbarians, welcome to episode 51 of Behind Bars, Cocktails and Wasted Nights. I am here with Jess, the manager. What's going on, Jess? Hey, how are you? I'm super. Thanks for asking. <laughs> I appreciate your concern for my well-being. <laughs> Jess, I've been wanting to get you in here for a while, um, and I'm glad that you brought a friend because it's very awkward situations. The buddy system is probably the best when you're going into a small room with me <laughs> and uh, in my closet recording alone. Um, what do you think of the setup? I love it. Honestly, you just have that big of a fan base. I said I was coming on your podcast, and everyone's like, I want to go. I want to go. So here we are. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So Jess, the manager, uh, and I work together, and uh, she's my boss, which is kind of awesome. She's a great manager, like super cool, um, understands where we're coming from, understands what she needs to do, and gets it done. And uh, how long have you been in it, Jess? In management. In the industry. In the industry. When did you start? 12 years. 12 years. How old are you now? 27. Oh, my God. Yeah. 15, I started. 15. I just did the math on that. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Did you have a work permit or something? No. I was... uh, My family is Italian from New York, and we lived in Gilbert, Arizona, and they found this Italian restaurant owned by Italians from New York, and they got me a job busing there when I was 15. You know, oh God! Had to pay the bills young, so started there. What were and your bills at fifteen? My parents' bills. Oh wow! Yeah, you helped out the family. I helped out the family. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, 
Okay. Yeah, it was cool. So I got a job busing tables and kind of hosting, and then they let me start serving at 16. I just wasn't allowed to run my own alcohol. Right. You so, need somebody who's 21. Yeah, exactly. Or I think in Arizona at the time it was 18. Okay. But, yeah, I would just take orders and got yelled at, gave me my work ethic, that's for sure. But What do you mean you got yelled at? I mean, it was Italians. You know, you mess up one time. That's but it true. was, like, all out of a place of love. So I was this young little timid kid and they would yell at me if I did anything wrong. But Toughens you up. Yeah, totally. I didn't run from it. I was like, cool. I want to be the best I can be. I want to like prove to these people that I can do a good job. So yeah, that's where I started. Wow. Never went back. Yeah. Paying bills too. Yep. Um, still paying bills. Still always. They never stop. Did you like want to get out? Did you want to do anything else or do you love the uh, service industry? Talk to me. Oh Yeah. I've wanted to get out of the industry so many times. Oh, yeah? Like, yeah. And what like pulled you I back moved, in? When I moved to Denver, I was like, I'm not going to work in the industry. I'm going to bu- get a bartending job. I'm going to well, work for the a industry. little bit. Yeah. But I'm going to do that until I find what I really want in Denver, like moving. And then it's just all I've ever done, you know? It's like, uh, I get it. Like, I've tried a million things, like to be famous even. Yeah. TV shows, wrote a book, movies, had a band. And it just, like, calls me back all the time, no matter what. Well, when it's something that you've been doing for your whole life, it's comfortable. Yeah. You know the money's there. The money's you there. You know, you go into another line of work, and you're like, I don't know. What's the average pay for this job? Like, where do I have to start? Like, you don't want to be the FNG at some place, the yeah. fucking new guy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I went to school for health coaching and business, and that's what I really wanted to do. But I was in the industry my whole life. I worked at a company back home for eight years, so I worked my way all the way up. It's kind of hard for me to be like, I'm leaving this and starting at the bottom again, doing something else. So, just what does health stuck. coaching and business translate into? Like, what are you like? What are we talking? Personal <laughs> oh, well, training or like? Yeah, personal sports training, sports medicine, or? kind of both. I started. I should have went to community college when I started college. I had no idea what I wanted to do. You know, okay. I was just working, and my parents didn't go to college, so I had no really guidance in that. I was the first person in my family to go at the time, so for me, it was. I went to, I think I did exercise science to start, went straight to a university three hours away from my parents, and I had no idea what I was doing, kind of just did not do good. And then, yeah, I just changed my major a bunch of times, went into hotel restaurant management, because I was like, well, this is what I've been doing my whole life, so maybe I should do that. And then I said, well, I don't want to do that forever, thinking, you know, if your degree is what you graduate in, then you're stuck there for the rest of your life, even though a degree is a degree. doesn't yeah, matter what it's in, you know? Does it Mine's in screenwriting. It's not... Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it's like it's still something you wanted to do. I just was so not in the right. No one guided me, you know. And so once I hit a certain age, I was like, okay, go to community college, take a few classes at a time, change your major, and then by the time I think I finally graduated in 2020, so it was two years after I originally went to college. Two years after I should have graduated. Sorry. So. I kind of was just like, what credits do I have to get out of here? And <laughs> it landed on, you could graduate with health coaching and a minor in business. So I was like, cool, let's get this then. Let's I just get wanna, her done. Just want a degree. So that's what I did. But yeah, personal training and like health has always been a huge thing for me. It's just not a lot of money there. And now you work in an industry that is like the opposite of exercise Absolutely. and health. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, that's been my biggest thing. I mean, the only health job I had, I was a cycle bar instructor Love that. I'm trying to do that again. That was so fun. Is that like but spin class? Yeah. Oh, God. I could never do that. It makes yeah. me tired. Oh, yeah. It's hard. I did that during COVID. Um, one opened up in the town I was living in, and I, it was all virtual, which was weird. 
So, yeah. Would you do it, like, remotely? Yeah, well, uh, to get the job, you have to audition. It's kind of like... Oh, wow. Yeah, it's crazy. So you have to send in, like, these auditions. So you got your exercise bike at home and you're they, recording they dro- yourself? They dropped Are one you off. Skyping or yeah, something? Yeah, they dropped one off to everybody's house that Jesus. was in it. And then, you know, if you made it into the boot camp, it was five-week boot camp, virtual, though, and you had to do it by yourself. And even after that boot camp, you might not have even made it. I would just be, like, fast-forwarding just to see... Right. Yeah, I don't watch the whole thing. Like, is she struggling? I don't know. I'm just fast forwarding. Oh, they this. have so many rules. It's crazy. The nice thing about it is you don't need a certification, but you have to pass their training. So it's it's rigorous for sure. It was tough, but I did that during COVID. So I kind of felt like that was my into the health industry. Did you like want to own a gym or something like that? Or you know, when I was young, that was an idea. But then you realize how much money actually goes into owning a gym, and I'm like, you want to hear something funny? Yeah. I used to be the top salesman at a gym. <laughs> this was like back in LA when I was auditioning and shooting testosterone into my ass and had a Perfect. personal trainer. Oh yeah, and I was in I've good seen shape. pictures of that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, but I would like I would like show somebody the ab machine and I get on there and my cigarettes would fall out of my workout pants pocket. I'm like, listen, we're all realists. Then I go into the studio. I'm like, okay, this is our classroom. We have yoga. We have Pilates. If you can't decide, we have yoga lattes. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, my last name is Kalates, so that was always a thing of mine. I could do Pilates, Kalates. Ooh, Kalates, Pilates. Pilates. Yeah. Or right now, my biggest thing, if I became a personal trainer, is Body by Kalates. That's been my... Oh, that's good. I know. I like this. So ESPN. I like it's destined. Hopefully ESPN's listening. We'll get yeah, you on there. right? Have one of those workout Bar shows. Just do, me a, fa- like just do me a favor. Okay. If you do the workout show... And you wear the bikini because you're in Hawaii and you're doing that. Don't also wear white socks and sneakers with the bikini. I can't stand that. When they're like in the sand? Yeah, or just like when they're on the mats, you get the bikini going, you get the hot body, then you get white socks and sneakers. Right, it's like dad mode. It's like new balance. Yeah, no, yeah, just like no shoes, no footwear. Right, you're on the beach. Barefoot, let's go. Like if you're in a gym, one thing. Or high heels, even. High heels, obviously. It's like, if I can do this in high heels, you can do this with no shoes on. I'm talking about you, Kiana, from Kiana's Flex Appeal (laughs) during my adolescence when I was trying to bust one out. All right. um, (laughs) So when was it, if you can pin it down, I don't know, you're in the service industry and you decide... I got to get out of the service industry. Like, was there a specific moment? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, totally. So, I mean, I bartended my way through college. I paid my way, had a, paid my own bills my whole life. And I think I took student loans out one year. And then I got a good job bartending. I was making a lot of money. So I was like, cool, I'm just going to pay this as I go. You know, might okay. as well. And then 2020 hit, you know, COVID. I lived in a pretty liberal city. It kind of got tough. I mean, liberal city, but I worked at a country club. So there was a lot of conservative guests that came in. You know, you're a bartender, you're trapped behind the bar. We'd always say you're a caged animal. You're stuck back there. (laughs) You have to listen to what everybody says all the time. And that was during... I always say I'm a duck in a shooting gallery. Absolutely. You're not a server. You can't walk away from people being annoying. You have to engage. And if you want money, you have to sit there. But like all of our regulars, you know, I worked there for four years. It was talking about COVID 24-7 and this and that, and then the riots started happening and all the looting, and it was like I couldn't get away from all the negativity. And bartending used to be fun for me. I always had so much fun bartending, and COVID kind of killed that just because of how much pressure and stress there was on the service industry. I mean, like, enforcing people to wear masks when you don't want to or enforcing people you have to sit there and you can't get up. It, like, killed the vibe of bartending for me, like, altogether. And at that point, I really wanted to get out of the industry altogether, but there was really, what do you do? It's COVID. Like, it's no that one's hiring anything. That yeah. was the moment. That was the moment. And, you know, that's when I actually went into management because that was my out from behind the bar. My moment was the first three months into it. Yeah. I was a busboy. 
Oh my god! And like somebody broke a martini glass, and I was like, I bent over to like sweep it up, and the guy took the stem of the martini glass and shoved it down the back of my pants. What? I was like, I gotta get out of this fucking restaurant. Oh my god! But then I, I told the bartenders what had happened, and they gave me a vodka cranberry and told me to walk by and accidentally spill it on his white shirt. Oh, perfect! Which I hundred percent did, and Absolutely. then he was thrown out. Yeah. But I was like, wow, people are fucking horrible. People are horrible, the service industry people. And I think it made me a better person altogether. I think everybody should have to work in the service industry, whether that be retail or whether that be working in a bar, anything. I think like, was it Israel? You have to do a year in the army. U.S., you should have to do a year in a restaurant. Absolutely. Yeah. Or even retail. I've never worked retail, but I've heard it's horrible. Like I heard the people that go in there. I mean, you're dealing with literally everyone. Oh, everyone who steals, everyone who buys shit, wears it, brings it oh, back yeah. with the and tags off. Yeah, and people like throw, like you spend hours folding, folding clothes shit. and oh, just like brutal. And you know, I never even thought about that. I never worked in retail, but I can understand how that would be absolutely horrible. Yeah, you deal with the same assholes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It, it definitely like makes me question humanity as a whole. Oh. Every every night I go to work, I'm like, what's going to happen? Uh, am I going to make a bunch of money? Am I going to get laid? Am I make bond with a cool person or am I going to meet a Karen who's just woke up today and decided to ruin someone's life yeah. and it happens to be me or like nothing happens which is rare you know <laughs> yeah, or yeah, it's like one of those happens. nights where like you get that home and someone's like how was work and you're like I mean nothing really went down that never happens yeah, it's it never like happens. a rarity it's like a Monday night in the winter maybe but it's always an adventure so yeah. you doubled down, like you want to get out of the industry and now you're like I'm a fucking manager yeah I kind of dug myself in a hole there Really? For sure, yeah. You don't, you don't uh, think it's like... What, so you liked bartending more than management? I'm really good at bartending. I'm great with customers, like I will say. I think you're after, really good at management. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's tough. I could have made more money bartending. I miss being able to pick up a shift if I need more money. Or I was just... I'm After being in the industry for so long, people become impatient. And you're the same way. Like, you're just nice to everybody that walks up. Like... Obviously, people can piss you off, but, like, right off the bat, I'm a really good person to customers, and I made a lot of money doing it, even though I was just bartending on the side for a little bit. I'm like, man, I'm actually really good at bartending. I hadn't done it in a long time. I've been managing. It is emotionally exhausting dealing yeah. with people you get all night. Tired. Yeah, totally. Like I always say bartending now is like a little baby that's not mine. Like a niece or a nephew. It's like, oh you're so cute, let me hold you and then it poops and you give it back to mom or dad. <laughs> that's how bartending is for me. <laughs> I'm that's like hilarious. I can hop in and I can help out and then when you guys are good I'm like cool I got my hour of bartending for the day. Like felt good. Now I get to leave and go now, talk to people and now just hang out. when the baby poops, you got to call the manager Exactly. And, oh, this baby just pooped. Get a manager. Yeah, seriously. And so, you got to put out the fires. Yeah, yeah. So what's that like? You got not only the fires, because I was thinking about this like earlier. I'm like, when I bartend, one of the goals of the night, among many others, is to shield the manager from the Karen. Like, you never want somebody to go, get me a manager. Like, you do everything in your power to resist that. Like, you're blocking for a running back to get a touchdown. Yeah. Like... You have to put out the fires of the employees and of the angry guests and yeah. deal with the weird shit. Like, Well, so it totally depends on... Because sometimes I love when people ask for a manager. You know, I'm like, oh, what? You know, it just depends on who you work for. If they're right. going to be cool with you. You get the backstory. What am I walking up, into? Yeah. Or like if your owner, the ownership is cool with you sticking up for your staff, then I have no problem speaking to an un, like an unhappy guest. I have no problem with that at all. Like that lady that was mad that we were mistreating valet. When you oh, told me yeah. that, I'm like, honestly, I'm excited to go down and talk to her because that's just a ridiculous thing. If it's something that like is genuinely our fault and our problem, that's when it sucks. Right. Because then it's like, that's embarrassing and that's totally on us and you have every right to be upset. 
now what can I do to help you get past that? That does suck. But when they're being absolutely ridiculous, those are my favorite. I love it. What's the uh, like ballpark percentage? Like, How often do you deal with somebody who's irate when it's our fault versus they're just making shit up in their head? Well, now that we don't have food, rarely ever. Right. That's like very, that's a very food-based industry where people just get mad, you know. Food comes out wrong, food comes out undercooked, food comes out with something in it. Right. We don't have that issue, so it doesn't really happen. The only time people get mad is if we kick them out, cut them off, and in that sense, they're out, you know. We just get security, they handle it. So here it's really easy, but at other places where it's food... It's kind of hard to argue with people. The only time I would ever tell them that they're wrong is when they ate all of it and said, you know, I hated it. And I'm like, well, (laughs) that sucks for you. Yeah. Other than that, you know, I've worked at restaurants where the kitchen was horrible and it's like I'm putting out fires every day, you know. And I had a bonus system where comps were affected by that. So I'm like, man, if I comp everyone's food all the time, it's going to affect my money. That sucks. you know. But I know like training the servers, training the bartenders, training everyone. Everyone was pretty good. It just usually came from food. So it's a nice thing to not have. I got sucked into management in LA once. And I remember, uh, I would walk around with a coffee mug. Yeah. (laughs) That was everything. (laughs) Sip at the table, you know, get you a free dessert. Yeah. And then, uh, I remember once I'm in LA, it's like Ventura Boulevard. There's this, uh, pair of ladies on the patio eating a charcuterie board and they demanded a new one because a bee had landed. And they were sitting outside? Yeah. I'm like, I love outside. that. Oh, like, my God. I worked at a place like that, like, What too. am I supposed to do? Put up, like, mosquito nets? Yeah. What is they're this? Like, like, there's a bee Africa? over here. Okay. There's a flower right there. I don't know. Yeah. What you you're want. in nature. You can sit inside. We offer inside seating. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was my... Oh, I, I worked at a, a place board. like that, too, at a country club. Yeah. Oh, man. So, get a little pollen on your marmalade? Come on. Horrible. Yeah, or, like, a fly got in my wine. Yeah. Well, that's what happens when you sit outside and you're drinking... Sauve Blanc, like gonna, the flies yeah, get, are going to go in there. You're going to get bit by a mosquito at Yeah, some do you want a too. straw to fish it out? Like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah, people are fucking ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Um, and yet somehow we deal with how many, 2,500 of them a week? Is oh, yeah, and yet, and yet we're still... Still doing it. Still doing it, yeah. I can't do anything else. Like, I've, I've done a podcast about this, an episode where I was like, I'm just... I'm dangerous when it comes to construction and carpentry because I can't build or fix anything. Um, I, I'm just incompetent at everything else. Like, yeah. give me a glass and some liquid. I'm okay at it. I'm not a good bartender by any means. I'm, like, probably the world's okayest bartender. But, like, if you come in, like, as far as, like, my people skills, I got you. That's what that's what it all is, though. Any, any idiot can make a yeah. gin and tonic. A machine can do that. Yeah. There's a thing that does that. Now. As long as the service is good, yeah. you can make the worst drink. You can put out the worst food. Service is huge. Yeah. That's you know my big. nickname in uh, medieval times? What? Service. When I was a knight, I was, I was reincarnated. Perfect. Yeah, service. Thank you. I'll be here all night. Reminisce. Actually, it was sirloin. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, so you moved from Arizona to Denver. Yep, yeah. in August. August. So you've only been here a little while. You're already managing one of like the biggest restaurants in the city. Yeah. How'd you pull that off? You know, I was bartending in Westminster when I first moved out here. I don't even know where that is. Is that west of here? <laughs> north. Westminster is north of us? That makes yeah, no sense. Why do they call it Westminster? Okay, anyway, Beats go ahead. me. Yeah, I got a job. I uh, got that right before I moved out here. I was like, perfect, got a job. It'll pay the bills. I'll figure out what I want to do. I had no intentions of going into the service industry after that. Or just like, you know, bartend here and there and do other stuff on the side. I wasn't sure. 
I had no idea. I just moved here with like no notice. I had no idea what was to come. And then I hated that job Did so much. Did you know much. anybody here or just no. like picked up and left? Yeah, I picked up and left. I have a friend in Frisco, but okay. I was like waiting on friends for a couple years to be ready to move with me. And then it got to a point where my lease was up at the end of July and no one was ready to move. And I'm like, fuck it. I'm out. I'm doing it myself. I'm just going like best decision I ever made too. Okay. Like, yeah. That is the beauty of bartending in the service industry. You can go anywhere oh and God. survive and make money. So if you got that like... Like that uh, wanderlust spirit, like it's perfect. And you'll for meet you. people. Yeah, you'll, you'll make friends. People. Like Did something happened back home that maybe no. just wanted to it change was, it up. Yeah, I mean, it's small town where I lived, college town. So I'm 27 and I was old. Like me being in the industry at 27, I was old for that. Right. And I'm like, what? This sucks. Everyone was 22 or younger in college. I get that. I check IDs. Everyone's born after I graduated high school. It's like kind of shocking to me. Like <laughs> even me, I'm born in '95, but I check IDs and I'm like, wow. 2002 oh, yeah. is 21. I remember when you reminded me of how you listened to the podcast <laughs> where uh, 9-11 happened and I was talking about being with a waitress on mall. You're like, oh yeah, we were taken out of our kindergarten class. Yep. I got pulled out of kindergarten. Yeah, First this memory. Is, this is my boss, everybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just like, oh my God. That's yeah. hilarious. Crazy. Yeah. It, uh, I moved out here, hated that job so much. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to look for another job. I don't even care. I'll do in the industry. I just need to get out of this job. It was a Could two- get out of Westminster. Yeah. I mean, I was driving 24 miles a day to go to work no. to and from, and I wasn't even, they did a tip pool, but you had to do it based off sales. And if you started a tab at a table and they walked up to the bar, the bartender would steal your tab. Oh no, no. Yeah, it was horrible Hell and no. vice versa. And Bye. it was, it was terrible. So I was like, you know what? Get me out of here. So I left, um, went on Indeed. I think I just went on Google, actually, and I just looked up bar manager jobs because I figured the bartending, to get a job bartending in Denver without knowing anyone is actually pretty hard. Like, coming in fresh and just, like, trying to apply for bar jobs, they want you to start from the bottom everywhere. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not starting as a host. I'm not doing it. So I looked at all these bar jobs I applied, and weirdly, you know, I'm used to working in a city where... I knew everyone. I had so many connections. I could have got a job doing anything and then moving somewhere where I knew literally no one. So I was just looking up jobs and Avanti was listing for managers. And I was like, you know what? I'll try it. I'll just apply. I had seen it. Applied and uh, yeah, I got an email back, I think the next day. It and happened the rest pretty is quick. History. Yeah, it happened pretty quick. I went in for a few interviews and did a stage and yeah. My first job, I knew someone from Aspen. They kind of recruited me out to come out and help open this fine dining restaurant. Yeah. The menu that's changed. Be hard to get. Oh, it's so hard to get. Yeah. It just opened up. The menu changed daily, but I was so busy juicing lime, lemon, grapefruit, orange juice, like fresh, fresh every day. I had no time to look at what the menu was that day. And I would get so stressed out before lineup when the chef was going to like quiz everybody. I wanted, like, I would fantasize about, and I was okay with it at one point, being like, I'm just going to cut off my pinky. And go to the ER so I can get out of lineup, yeah. and they can reattach it. Like this was yeah. like I would like honestly think. Like, that's why do I need my pinky? You know. I was so stressed, and I was like, "Fuck it!" And so then I went to Avanti and got the job, and I told that story uh, in a previous podcast. But um, you've been managing, you've been bartending. You must have seen some uh, some shit go down in your career. Yeah. Give me uh, give me something wild. Like what's something that's like? Because I do this podcast to like let people know what goes on like what our job is when we punch in the clock and we go to work it's not like you know becky at the project manager it's not another day at the office the that's cubicle. for sure no yeah, yeah like so give me an idea like you know what... i would say the craziest place the craziest stories that i have were at the country club that i worked at at a, a country club i would think like a club public. club but a country club yeah it was oh, a public it was a public country membership. club and the thing was so i lived in flagstaff arizona 
it's not like normal Arizona. You know, it's 7,000 feet elevation. It snows. The summers are beautiful, you know, like 80 to 90, 90 max for the weather. Oh, you beautiful. know, it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. It's a great, but, you know, it's only two hours away from Phoenix. So in the summertime there, everyone comes up to Flagstaff. Cool off. Yep. So all you get all the golfers. I don't know if you've ever been to Scottsdale. Snotsdale, they're all... Scottsdale's like the Orange County of Arizona, Exactly, right? yeah. totally. Yeah, they're all snobs, they're all whatever. So when it's too hot to golf, they drive up to Flagstaff and they can go to this public country club and golf, whatever. They Whenever are... I'm on Tinder and I see a girl on the golf course, I yeah. swipe left. Wow. I don't, I don't like the golfers. No, they're horrible. Yeah. I mean, I worked at a golf course for four years. I got to golf for free. Out of principle, I was like, I just hate golfers now because I had to deal with them for so yeah, long. Yeah, it's awful No, it's game. terrible. Yeah, so... They would all come up and... Sponsored by golf. <laughs> Sponsored by, what is it, Ping? Oh, yeah, Ping. Yeah. 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 I just sure. see the, it's like the, clothes is, the clothes are ridiculous, and I see the girls in the cleats and stuff. And well, because you, you have to have a dress code. The That's visor. the worst Ugh. part about golf is it's like you can't go out there unless you have a collared shirt. You have to have... Well, it's horrible. Do you know what it used to mean? What? Golf. It was, it was uh, I think it was the Scotland it was invented, and it was like for guys only, and it was called Gentlemen Only, Ladies Forbidden, Golf. Is that actually what I'm I'm pretty sure that's true. Even if it's not, that's amazing. Google that. I'll Google it after this podcast, and I'll look like an idiot. Yeah, hit pause, Google yeah. it, and then come back. Oh, anyway, so go ahead. So yeah, you're at this country club, a, you see some worst. weird shit. Yeah, it was just the worst. You know, I mean, so I would be a shift lead there, too, so I'd shift lead and then bartend, but, you know, kind of do whatever, and in the summer days, we opened two hours earlier because we had breakfast, the golf, the cart girls had to go out and whatever, so I was like- Those early tea times. Those early tea times, and- you know, I was like, sure, I'll get extra hours in. I got to manage for three hours, but still bartend. So I get to clock in as a manager and get paid more and then also bartend at the same time. Nice. So that was like, Double dip. yeah, that was my gig on the weekends. And I made great money doing it, like ridiculous money. So I would get the cart girls out and do their inventory. So, you know, this one girl was our cart girl and <laughs> we did their inventory and stuff. Cause you know, obviously they get crazy out there. They're, sure. Yeah. They're, they're not, drinking with the guys. Yeah. Drinking with the guys, like body shots. We had some crazy cart girls and I'm like, I respect the hustle, but Reel it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So this one girl started making her own sandwiches and selling them on the cart, like selling her own food. (laughs) Health (laughs) department loves that. Oh, yeah. Which she would also leave the money bag on the cart and just walk inside. We had an iPad to do transactions. She would just leave it. So we'd start stealing it so that she would be like, oh, "Oh, no, my my God, where's my money? And we're like, we just left it outside. She was crazy. But, you know, we do their inventory and I knew exactly what was going out. They sold the same product as in the restaurant. The amount of people that would walk in with their own alcohol would just be ridiculous. And I had all male managers, and neither none of them had a fucking spine. Like, they would not tell people shit. So I kind of adopted that, I'll kick people out, all 86 people. You I'll took tell it people on yourself, too. Yeah, if they were creepy, I'm like, I'll handle this. In my bartending uniform, not even management. Like, I'm wearing a little black V-neck and jeans, and I'm walking up to people as this 22-year-old, like, yelling at guys because our managers wouldn't do it. So... That's, I think, why I love doing it now. But, you know, people walk in with their own alcohol, and I'm like, hey, we don't serve that here. You got to throw it out. I was nice at first. Oh, I got it from the car girl. Car girl sells our stuff. Take it. Towards the, like, after doing it for a year or two, I would just walk up and take it out of their hand and throw it out right in front of them. And it's, like, grown men, and they throw a hissy fit. And I'm like, oh, you're really throwing a fit over a Pacifico? Like, come (laughs) on. Like, we don't sell that here. You're going to cry over a warm beer? Like, get over it. And I was just so mean to people. Like... Is it because you lost out there on the course today? I know. Are you playing a bad game? And none of them were from Flagstaff. It was a small town. Everyone there was so nice and welcoming. You knew people were from Scottsdale. Yeah. This one group came in. I was bartending at the time. And 
it was a group, I think, of like 12 guys from Scottsdale, all in their like 30s, 40s, 50s. It's like they a Propecia can- commercial. <clears throat> yeah, oh my God. It was honestly <laughs> terrible. You know, smoking cigars outside, you uh. can't smoke. They, well, they tipped the, we had a shack outside where you could buy, you know, it was like the golf shack where you could buy alcohol. And then we had the main bar and then we had cart girl. They tipped the shack girl, the cart girl, each $500. Wow. Right? Which is great. That's and they great. were stoked and they're like, yeah, they're creepy, but like, whatever, I got $500 out of it. And I was like, I'll say something if you want me to say something. And they're like, it's fine. So I'm like, okay. One of our drink runners at the time, she's so young. She's like 18, just running drinks, cute little girl. And I'm bartending, and she cut, she had straws in her back pocket. Comes in, and they were, like, saying all these, like, derogatory things to her about these straws and talking about her butt and all this stuff. And she's, like, shooken up. Managers don't do anything. So I was like, oh, well, I'll go do it. And I was like, watch the bar. I got this. I'll just go do it. And <laughs> I walk outside. Yeah. I walk outside. <laughs> One of our servers was like, well, I'll just be there for, for like, male presence. And I'm like, whatever you want to do, dude. Like, I don't need it. But if you want to, for sure. So I go out there, and of course I walk up, and they're like, oh, like, she's walking up. They're going to do the same thing to me. They have the girl that's in the shack out sitting at their table, and he's holding onto her arm. And I'm like, no. first of all, no. no. So I walk out, and they're like, oh, hey, what's up? And I'm like, hi, guys, because the best way to, like, fuck up a male's ego is flirt with them and then tear them down right away. So oh, tell me about it. Yeah. <laughs> so I start, you know, <laughs> talking to them. I'm like, hi, how was it? How was your day? you know, I'm going to have to ask you guys to leave. <laughs> and they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, well, you were being inappropriate with um, my drink runner, with multiple servers. Like, I've gotten multiple complaints about you today. And they're like, nope, wasn't us, wasn't us. And I was like, oh, really? Because you're holding on to her arm right now. I had to pry his hand off of her arm. Oh, my God. She immediately runs inside. I oh, was my like, God, so she's free. Yeah. The dog I was, off the leash. Yeah, Bye. Right. I'm like, automatic. Like, even if it was just for that, I'll kick you guys out. You're also not allowed to smoke cigars, whatever. They start arguing, do you know how much money we spent here? I was like, do you know how much money we do here a year? Like, I actually could care less. And also, I'm a bartender. I don't care how much money you guys make this place. Like, get out. My other, nice. my, yeah, our director of ops walks up, sees it all happening. And then he's like, he knows if I'm handling it, it's an issue. So he's like, all right, I'm going to call the cops if you guys don't get out of here in now like five seconds. Yeah. Yep. Turn into a whole thing. He tried to pay us off in my, I will give my director of ops this uh, credit. He had a lot of things that he did, but one thing he always did when we creep, kicked out creepy guys was if their tab wasn't paid, he goes, you can cash out. And he goes, I want to tip. He goes, don't worry, I'll tip and I'll probably tip him more than you would have. Yes. So you can go. And he would. He'd pull out cash from his wallet and he'd give it to the server. 20%, 25% and give it to him. It was just a lot of that. I mean, you work at a lot of places, you see a lot. But seeing rich, older men have to, like, put them in their place was really... That's gratifying. That was fun. Yeah. yeah. I had to do that a lot. Jesus. I know. Now I'm like, when guys are creepy or anything towards someone, I immediately am like a hawk. I'm like, do you want me to kick him out? I will. Yeah, yeah. I've <laughs> it's weird having security this. now. <laughs> yeah, and they and you still have to do it. I know. security's like, look, at, you know, we had the guy the other day who was like, had his shirt off and rubbing snow all over his chest. And I look over and security's like in his phone. On his phone. I'm like, what's going on? What are we doing here? What are we paying you for? Yeah. Insane. Yeah. Um, uh, annoying customers. Annoying guests. <laughs> What's your uh, what's your take? You ever have to deal with one that you're just like, are you kidding me right now? Are you like, because I get people like, yo, give me a beer. I'm like, can you be more specific? Or my favorite is like when I'm making the drink and then they hand me the credit card. I'm like, I'm sorry, I need both my hands right now. So like, yeah. can you hold on to that for a sec? Yeah. yeah, they're like holding it in front of you the whole time, and you're yeah. like, yeah, give me literally one second. Uh, or the the phone call. Wait, what do you want? 
and they're on the phone and I'm like, no, oh like, my God. you're when done. People, with food and people calling to go orders. Yeah. I mean, service industry is just that, like people suck, but you just got to <laughs> learn how to deal with them. If you get mad at every customer that comes in that says something stupid, you're going to just ruin yeah, your whole day at you. work. It's you're going to, you. and you're going to ruin your whole day. Yeah, like, you you're just, just going to, yeah. If you come out in a good mood, like you're going to, and you're not going to remember their conversation. I try to gently, like every episode, I give a tip on how to behave in a bar. So hopefully people listen to this and they understand like certain things are stupid, but right. like, do you have anything of like a really like incredible sucky person that stands out that like you would like to share with people? An incredibly sucky person. Yeah. Like, Customer wise. Yeah. Oh, man. There's so many. Wait, I actually have the flip side of that where I went into the service. Someone working in the service industry yesterday made me so mad. And you as a guest? Yes. Oh, let's hear it. Yeah, I went to uh, Beaver Creek yesterday. I went snowboarding. Um, Wait, all right, A, fucking good for you getting out there and going snowboarding. Yeah. Uh, B, hold on to that thought because uh, C, I can't go out as a service industry employee because I feel guilty the whole time. Yeah, but that's where that's that? wrong. That's where, like, people that are in the service industry that are mean or rude or complain about every guest, that gives us that guilt, and I think that's messed up. But like, if I just see somebody working hard or something, and I'll take a warm Miller Lite and, like, a tequila and a broken glass, and I won't say anything and still Oh, yeah, same. You know oh, mean? yeah, absolutely. Like, I won't complain. It yeah. takes a lot to make me complain. Like, for me, I have a dairy allergy, so if I say, like, no dairy and they bring it out, I'm going to be like, dude, I have to. I'm so sorry. Like, I can't have this. And right. I, if I said it, if I didn't say it, I'll be like, someone else can have it, and I'll pay for it full price because I forgot. Yeah. Yeah, like, I'm totally that way. But, no, I went... I went out and, uh, you know, they have food halls. Like, you just kind of go in, you order, you pay. They When you go in to this specific lodge, I can't remember which one it was, but all the menus are, like, up top. So when you walk in, you're immediately looking up. Well, they have a sign down below, a really small sign written in chalk that says the bar is upstairs. And it's only open from these hours to these hours. But when you walk in, you're immediately looking up. At the menus. Yeah, and it's not where the menus are. It's small, and it's in the middle. So it's not where you look at all. And then when you cash out, it's behind you. And we were looking around. We couldn't find the bar. We're like, hey, do you have a bar in here? And she goes, yeah, if you looked behind you on that sign, you would see that the bar is upstairs and it's open from this time. And I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't see that. And she's like, it's okay. I like teaching people really simple things. Oh, my God. And then while I'm standing there and, like, doing whatever, I hear her say that to at least four people behind me. And I'm like, clearly, if you have to say that to this many people, the sign's not working. Yeah, yeah. And like, you've got, if you've got a script... Right. To correct people, like, you're not right. doing it they right. They should have put it by the stairs that said bar upstairs or bar this way, but it was, like, not where anybody looked. Yeah, it's like gothic architecture that makes yeah. you look up toward God. Right. And yeah. I'm like, okay, if you're this, like, annoyed by people asking, the sign is not working. Yeah. Like, come and on. Also, you're not working. You suck the way you're handling yeah, it. Yeah, I was so annoyed, and I'm like, I, I wanted to go back in so badly and be like tell her that you know like if the sign isn't working like you know just whatever and then i'm like you know those people that write reviews i was in the service industry for so long and you're like shut the fuck yeah, up yeah you're you gonna know? be my biggest problem yeah you're like, like shut the fuck up you're a bartender i'm like oh god you're gonna be a yeah 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 they're like can we have seven green tea shots and they add one more when you're done yeah and they're like i'm so sorry i'm so sorry and you're like no but i not. do this too so i get it yeah it's like no do if you, you were it? cool you would just order tequila shots with no salt yeah, in a hot glass <laughs> yeah literally yeah seriously so i was like super annoyed but as far as customers go, I feel like where we work now, it's so fast-paced that it's kind of hard to deal with people long-term and hear them complain. They kind of just get it and leave because they've been waiting so long to get a drink or, like, whatever. But working at places with food, like, oh, my God, people would complain. The second you set the food down, they look at it. 
and you're like, is something wrong? And they just off the top are like, oh, it's cold. And you're like, you haven't even tried it yet. Yeah. You know, they just, what, they just people they bitch to bitch. They yeah, they bitch, decided yeah. from the moment they walked in, they weren't going to have a good time. I love people who bitch about, like, waiting for a drink because it's so busy. I'm like, well, you're here. You're contributing to that very Oh, yeah. Thing. <laughs> we had someone come in the other day, and they're like, you know, there's nowhere to park. There's not a place to sit. And I'm like, it is a Friday at 8 p.m. Yeah, and you're here. You and you're here. here. You chose to come here. And you're like in, everybody else did. You're in the Highlands in Denver. Like, it's a popping area. Like, yeah. I don't know what you expected when you came out on a Friday night, but... Sure. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, it's people's expectations versus what they're paying for. Like right. the, Like the tipping thing, too. It's like people don't understand. Like we get paid a low wage because we rely on you to tip. So your Corona is not $11. Right. So if you can make it eight and nine bucks by tipping, we don't have to charge you $11 and then automatically put gratuity and pay us a living wage. So right. Which is crazy because America would never do that anyway. America. <laughs> Fuck yeah. All right, so you had another crazy story, I think. Uh, what you say? Oh, yeah. Murder? I've, got a, like I've got a murder drama story. You've got story. a murder drama. I'm a true potential. crime fanatic, so let's hear it. Yeah, potential. i got to use real fake names for this right, one. Real, real fake names, Real everybody. fake names. All right, let's you know go. What I'm saying. Let's hear it. Yeah, so it was when I was working at that country club. We got a lot of people that um, had second homes up there. Summer homes, so get away from the heat. The opposite of a snowbird, you know? Right. And uh, they would come up and... Same thing, pretentious. They usually, you know, if you have a second home in Flagstaff, you got money. Like, they're expensive up there. So this guy came up. It was probably my second year into bartending. I was still kind of that timid bartender, so I was just kind of the fly on the wall for a lot of the drama. But these two girls that I was bartending with very regularly, now really good friends of mine, they, one of them, um, just loved the sugar daddy scene. All respect to her. She was good at it. She fucking killed it especially for living in a small town. Never had to outsource. I'm like, good for you. Um, she started seeing this guy. I'm a salty daddy. That's like, You're a salty daddy? Yeah, I can't do the sugar. I know, I right? It's too do. sweet, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's my budget. Right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Inflation. Yeah. Um, so she, this guy came up, and he would come up every summer. You know, they started talking, whatever. He became her sugar daddy. They would hang out. And he was honestly really attractive. He had, I think, like a seven- or eight-year-old son, um, wife wasn't there for a lot of the time cause she had to work down in Phoenix. Perfect. Right. Perfect situation. <laughs> he would give his kid Benadryl when she would come over. Make so he go would to go sleep. to sleep. Yeah. It was terrible. Like, Jeez. so eventually the wife finds out, she reaches out to this girl and she's like, please stop sleeping with my husband. And she's like, you know, okay, okay, okay. Feels bad about it, whatever. Circumstances happen. She continues to sleep with him. It turns into this big ordeal. Right. And she's like. Like, you have to stop seeing her. You have to stop seeing him. Like, this has got to stop. And it's getting inappropriate. Like, the sun is there. Like, it's this whole thing, he's you know? He's strung out on Benadryl. Yeah, totally. he's, like, having a dream about daddy with another girl. Yeah, right? Like, you didn't see anything. You know, you're just imagining things. But they would come in all the time, like him and his son. They would sit at the bar, whatever. And so, finally, one day, he's a doctor, by the way. Oh, of course. Of course. Um, wife dies. Whoa. Young. Young. Early, late 30s. Like, young. Mm-hmm. And he tells her, you know, like, now we can finally be together. Whoa. And I she smell was, a Dateline episode coming on. Right? So there's this whole thing. We, like, find her. We're reading all the stuff. It was unexpected death in her sleep. Oh, my God. Yeah, the potassium. Right? It could be anything. Pillow. like Antifreeze or suffocation. Anything. Yeah. And when you're a doctor and you have all these resources or even whatever, you're a respectable person, you have a lot of money and you can get a good lawyer, like, 
It's insane. And he kept blowing up her phone after this because that was her first initial reaction. We're like, dude, he killed his wife. Yeah, you got to get out sure. of there. Yeah. He killed his wife. She's like 22 years old. She's freaking out. We're like, you got to get away from this guy. And he would come. She moved to one of our sister restaurants. They opened a new one. She helped open it. So she was gone. And he would come in the next summer. Where is she? Where is she? Where is she looking for her? Uh-huh. And we all knew where she was, but we're like, she moved. She's gone. Yeah. Like out of the state. Nobody you know, blew she was it. like, no. Nobody blew it. No, no. It was nice. so scary because we're like, dude, like, and he would bring his son in too. It's like him and the son. Oh, who doesn't have a mom anymore? I know. Oh my God. Crazy. And we're like, dude, these people out here will do. You just got to get divorced. I don't get it. Well, I first know. of all, don't get married. Right. That's a terrible business decision. Right. It should be like it should be like a wide receiver contract, five years with the option to renew for one year after that. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's like, like you needed to get married like in the eighteen hundreds when you needed a family to survive the winter. Right but now, like everyone has their own jobs, they have their own money. There's no need. There's no need. Well, what and it's crazy because I feel like a lot of people that have money that are married got married before they had money. And now they're like, like she shit. was right. Like now she was probably there when he was a struggling med student. Like you know, I'm gonna help you get through school. Right. And then and then now I'm rich and I pro- he probably had his glow up when he was in his 30s. You know, he's rich and just got more attractive and whatever. And I was like, damn, I can't believe I'm married with a kid. It was just horrible. And he would come in looking for her, and we're like. I would never get married. Like, I would never subject somebody no? to me for life. <laughs> Plus, I would run out of stuff to say eventually. It's mm. like we'd just be sitting there at McDonald's in the morning, you know, yeah. just eating, you know, bacon, biscuit, probably getting yelled it's at. probably why old bacon. people are so quiet. Yeah, they have nothing left to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you sit there like, oh, one of us is going to go. Who's going to be? Yeah, but what if you meet someone in your 60s and you're like, all right, now i got to backtrack all these years. <sighs> I couldn't do it. I just hate relationships. Um, yeah. I just, if I had a relationship, I would want her to have another relationship. Just yeah. Just to take the pressure off of me. And I totally. would want to have a relationship. Totally. And it's hard. Cool it's it. like having your own space, having your own yeah anything. You're like, you need oh your own God. bathroom. You need your own wing, you know. Just sleeping alone sometimes. I'm oh. like, oh my God, I just want to like put on a show, spread out, like chill. Oh, I think you been put on the show for, like, your relationship person. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> that, too. <laughs> that, too. <laughs> that, too. <laughs> All right, am I crazy? What's the deal with airplane yeah. food? Am I right? <laughs> oh, God, are you putting on a show right now? Um, yeah, I would want, like, you know, separate wings. Like, even when I lived with the enemy, it was, like, a two-bedroom. Because I knew going into it... The enemy. <laughs> ...we would end up in our own rooms. And sure enough, that happened. That's what I've always said. If I were to move in with a guy, I would want two rooms. Absolutely. And everybody always thinks I'm, like, heartless no, for what that. What if you're sick? Yeah, or I'm just like, tonight, I just really want to sleep in my own bed. What if they don't have a comforter that I want to sleep in all the time? But what if they don't want to sleep in my comforter? Yeah. I'm like, cool, well, you can have yours and I can have mine. And I hate the, uh, you know, the morning thing, like, where you snuggle and then your arm's numb and you're awake the whole time, but you can't move because you're going to wake her up and you're, yeah. like, you're tingling and you pick up your hand and look at it and drop it on your face. Yeah, it looks like it's a fake arm just, like, you, dangling in the wind. Yeah, and you still have the condom on. You just got to get out of the apartment <laughs> so you don't even stop to put your socks on. You just shove them in the back pockets and step into your shoes and yeah. get your Uber. Or you forget them all together. Yeah, you just you, like, you have See that. you later, socks. Yeah. yeah, yeah, bye. I don't need those anymore. Yeah. They're, like, shoved in the side of the bed in the wall. Maybe that's why guys leave their socks on. I never do that. It's the first things to come off. Socks? Yeah, it's so gross. Well, some guys have gross-ass, stinky feet. Yeah, but it's gross when they leave them on. You're, like, doing it. Yeah, it is. But also, like, some guys have... They have no personal hygiene. Yeah, I guess I, I can see that. You know? It's like, leave your shoes outside type shit. Like, when the socks come off, you're like, oh, can you put those back on? Yeah. You just release vapor? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Jesus. Well, I get, I, you know, I used to date a dancer, and she had that. 
It was not not cool. No, that's not cool. There's things. Gnarly it's twenty. Feet. It's you know. It's twenty twenty three. Figure it out. If, figure it out. Yeah. There's resources. <laughs> yeah. Look it up. Look it up. Google is free. All right, Jess. Uh, well, I'm glad we had this talk. We're at the forty two minute mark. We did it. That's a good commute there and back again, like the Hobbit. Like the um, Hobbit. <laughs> oh, what? Big nice. Lord of the Rings fan. Up top. All right, nice. I went to New Zealand. I actually saw Hobbiton. Did you really? Yeah. Wow. Did, so have you watched Rings of Power on Amazon? I haven't yet. Oh I went God. through a phase where I'm like, I just need to watch funny stuff for a little bit. Okay. You know, but it's on my list. It's excellent. Yeah. Uh, I, I love really The Hobbit. Um, there's a lot of people that I, I label when they come into Avanti and they suck. I'm like, if this was Middle Earth, you'd be Duchio Baggins. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, so you can use that if you need to. Perfect. All right. Well, that was Jess, everybody. Jess, the manager. Uh, thanks for tuning in to Behind Bars, Barbarians. And uh, we're going to see you in a couple weeks. Cheers. You want to say goodbye, Jess? See you later, guys. Bye. Bye. Well, it's last call, so let me give you a tip. If it's dick busy and you still have a full drink in front of you, don't ask me for the check. I know how much liquid time I have to get you out of here. Folks, it's been a blast. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. And a call to my fellow booslingers. Send in your stories to cocktailsandwastednights at gmail.com. You can remain anonymous if you'd like. Thanks for listening, subscribing, downloading, and spreading the word. Don't be afraid to give me a good review, even if you're lying. It really does help build our community of barbarians. And check out my video. Just close it on YouTube. You will laugh, damn it. If you want to support the podcast, you can do that on Patreon. I've got a series on there called Counterpoints, and it's pretty hilarious. It's a whopping three bucks a month, but it helps keep the lights on. Links in the show notes. We'll see you next time on Behind Bars, Cocktails and Wasted Nights. Cheers! Bye.